Greetings and welcome. I'm Jen Egan, your host here on the Unscripted Podcast. Today's podcast brings us to episode number two with Annie Byrne, one of the owners of BFF Bikes in Chicago. Today's episode, we cover the story of Annie from the beginning of BFF Bikes to their up-and-coming five-year anniversary, the trials, the errors, and success of being a new entrepreneur, and to Annie overcoming a traumatic accident and developing a new way of life. Annie's go-to positive outlook on life is indeed an inspiration for us all, and I think listening to this podcast you'll feel some of that inspiration. A big thanks to our friends at Allied Cycle Works for supporting this podcast. I encourage you to head over to alliedcycleworks.com to check out their gorgeous fleet of bicycles that represent the best the United States has to offer. Built here from the ground up, from design to engineering to manufacturing, alliedcycleworks.com. And a very big thank you to you, you, the listeners, supporting this podcast. Support is what keeps this podcast going and growing. Give it a share, subscribe, keep the questions coming. Until next time. All right. Well, here I am. I am sitting down with Annie at her place. She has welcomed me. We're sitting on this lovely sofa and we have this little uh, fire going. So Annie, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Annie Byrne. Um, I, uh, so you wanted to talk to me today because I'm one of the owners of BFF Bikes. I have, like, we have the racing team, BFF Bikes Racing. Um, I'm also on the board of the Chicago Women's Elite Cycling, so I'm pretty active in the cycling world, both from a business side as well as the community side. Um, and yeah, I've, you know, it's, we're, BFF Bikes is turning five in a couple weeks, so that's exciting and a big milestone. Um, so yeah, that's who I am from that perspective. <laughs> Five years. That's really amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, feels big. Where were you before you decided to open up a bike shop? Were you living in Chicago and working? Yes. I've so I've been in Chicago a total of seventeen years now and I worked um as an urban planner for I guess I don't know eight or nine years before opening the shop. Um, so very, very different and pretty unique in that um, I didn't come to the, like I, I opened the shop with zero experience in the bike industry. So that's not usual. Definitely got some attention when we opened. With no experience, like what was that like? I mean, were you... Where were you getting your resources or knowledge? So that's a definite, like, let's jump off the cliff and learn as we go down kind of feeling. Yeah. So I guess, you know, am I, like the way I saw it, I had experience just on the other side of the counter. I had experience as a consumer. 
Like I, I was a cyclist and like, and it basically became the biggest passion, which is why I decided to leave my job and open up a bike shop. And so my perspective was not as somebody that worked in the industry, but somebody that shopped in the industry. And, um, and so that's kind of the vantage point I had and brought to it. And largely, you know, what drives my decision-making is what would I want as a consumer? And I felt like there was an opportunity for a shop like BFF to, you know, maybe offer something that wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't finding it basically. And so I, and I knew I was not alone. There were a lot of people that would like to have the things I wanted. What were you looking for? A, a nice bike shop. <laughs> I mean, no, but for real, like, you know, um, when I started biking, I mean, this is really the reason why you opened BFF Bikes is because when I started cycling, first as a super casual commuter, um, and then gradually over time, over years, it just ramped up um, to the, you know, eventually I became a racer. Um, but I, I like fell in love with it immediately. And here was this new activity that I felt really passionate about and I was getting so much out of it. But um, I would go to the bike shop for, you know, various flat fixes, any gear, whatever. And I didn't feel super welcome at the bike shops I would go to. And I felt like like I needed a secret handshake or something to like be part of the club. And that was really kind of, um, it seemed like it should be the opposite, you know, like here I found something that's so great and I really wanted to find a shop that would be like, yay, you're, you're into biking too. So are we, let's talk and help you. And, um, it wasn't like that. And so, um, yeah, I don't remember your question now. <laughs> I asked what you were looking for and you definitely oh, community. Yeah. Community. I would say, um, just welcoming, like, I, you know, I wanted to not feel like a burden when I walked into a bike shop. Hmm. Like it's not uncommon. It's definitely a stereotype and it's changing, but, um, there's some, tr like, there's a reason it's a stereotype. You walk in a bike shop and, like, a surly mechanic will, like, barely make eye contact with you. At least that was my experience. And, you know, this was 10 years ago. So, yes, things are changing and that's great. You know, cycling is definitely becoming more mainstream and that's making a, it's part of what's, you know, the change that's happening. But when I first started, it was not, yeah, that my experience was I would walk into a bike shop and I felt like I was interrupting them. Yeah, got it. So you were like, I'm going to go and just open up my own shop. Yeah, I mean, it, it you know, was not like day one. I decided yeah. this is what I'm going to do. Um, again, it was over the course of years that, um, you know, and then my former business partner who I opened the shop with, she became one of my good friends through racing and 
it was she had the idea like she called me up one morning and she's definitely a big thinker lots of ideas and when she gave me this idea without hesitation I was like that's brilliant which is pretty unusual for me I'm a fairly you know indecisive person and I'd like to have lots of information and think things through but um with that I didn't need to because I knew like there is a need for it. I yeah. just, I saw the need. I felt like I needed it and I knew I wasn't alone. Nice. All right. So five years, I'm very happy that you opened. And I remember um, reading about uh, this great new shop that was going to be opening and how it was kind of a little dedicated um, to women in the uh, sport and as you said, communing. Um, so we began this shop and you kind of transitioned. So from year one to year five, I mean, just so much as a business owner, so much as being in the community, you definitely have like really impacted Chicago in a really, really beautiful, positive way. And um, what are some of your highlights that you're kind of like, when you kind of like do this five-year rewind and you look back from then to now and all the growth, what are some highlights for you? Well, I think uh, one of the things that definitely stands out to me and it stands out in part because it wasn't really part of the original plan um, was a team. Like when Vanessa and I opened, we knew we wanted to have a racing team, but we thought, one day, you know, when, when we're ready, but let's just open up the shop first. Um, and basically the opposite happened. (laughs) We, you know, as we went along the, the process of planning and putting the shop together, um, we raced and it didn't make sense for us to continue racing on the team we were on because it was sponsored by another shop. And so we are like, well, let's just start a team. And it started pretty small. We reached out to a few people and um, it just so naturally, without a lot of effort, grew, like immediately. Like we opened in March. I think by June, we had like 15 people, all women, most of them pretty darn new to racing, If you know, um, and... Yeah, I mean, so that I think, and and from the community perspective, that definitely has made probably one of the biggest impacts, um, having the team be at races and be, when I talk to people who are interested in joining the team, it's really, I, I don't have many requirements. The one, there's like two requirements. One, be an ambassador for the sport for women, like, you know, just be friendly and welcoming mm. and race your bike. <laughs> Those are the requirements. Um, Cause it's, you know, it's a race team. It's yeah. not a social club. It's, yeah. it's a race team. Uh, so yeah, that's, um, and apparently there was a need for that because yeah. like I said, we grew really fast, totally natural. Um, didn't have to put a lot of effort in it. People yeah. come in the shop and they, you know, we start talking to them about racing. They come on our rides and it's, you know, helping them discover this sport has been probably one of the most satisfying things I've been able to do 
and then get them involved. It's beautiful. I really like that. Um, so with your team, are you predominantly road? No, it's a mix. It's a mix of road, cyclocross, track, and I mean, a couple of people do mountain. Yeah, that is true. What, talk to us about the uh, tie-in that you have um, with the Women's Elite of, of Chicago. Well, now I'm a board member, so it's a nonprofit and it has a board, um, and I'm I'm a board member. Originally, I was a guest racer, and then I joined the squad. So started as a racer, and now I'm on the board. What is for those who aren't aware of like what they do? Can you explain a little? Sure. Uh, it's. It's an organization, really, and one part of the organization that's probably the most, one of the most um, visible to people is the composite team. So they take local, like Chicago-based racers at the category one and two level, and there aren't too many at that level. And so that was kind of the purpose of the organization was to take people at that level that are scattered about through different teams throughout Chicago and make a composite team so they can travel and race together on the same team at bigger national level races because it would be too hard for an individual to go with no teammates to a race of that caliber. So that's what they do. And then, you know, they also, um, in addition to the team, they do a lot to develop and support yeah. cyclists. Um, again, uh, you know, holding clinics yeah. and mentoring and, yeah, just it's it's adaptable to whatever the current needs are. And so it's, um, yeah, whatever. It, it's pretty flexible what they can do. I think it's really neat. So I, I want to go back to, the, to that organization, but before we kind of move forward, so you had, you know, a great answer for, you know, some things that you were definitely like, well, I wasn't expecting that. I was super proud of that over the five years. What is a few things where you were like, definitely not expecting that kind of really um, was rather difficult? within the five years of hmm, that makes me think there's one answer that's super obvious but then as you know um i'm just i'm thinking like from the business side mm-hmm. is there anything and not really i mean you know going in it being a brand new entrepreneur i didn't know what to expect so i didn't really have any expectations whatsoever um so Nothing from the business side, uh, from the, it is definitely connected to the business because it's me, but from a personal side, um, you know, having a really bad injury that made it hard for me to run the business. I did not expect that. Yes. I, um, you want to talk a little bit about, uh, the past injury? Sure. So, um, coming up on a year now, it'll be a year next week. Uh, so actually, 
Um, one of the things I got to give a little background information. One of the things that I was uh, that I am doing with the business now to grow it is offer cycling camps in the winter. So I'm I started last year, 2018, with a reverse camp in Tucson, Arizona, and I had 13 people sign up, four staff. It was, you know, an all-women's road cycling camp. It was great. And it was great. That's awesome. And yes. that was your first camp? Yes. That's a huge, as someone who puts together events, it is a huge undertaking. Yes. A lot of planning goes yeah. into it. And yes, um, it was not, you know, it took a lot of time. Um, but I was really excited about it. And I... Uh, you know, again, just more background. The year before, in 2017, I took a a trip to Arizona with a few friends and just rode around with them. And I was like, this is amazing. Everybody needs to have the opportunity to do this. And it's, you know, I knew, obviously, there's a lot of cycling camps out there. But again, I didn't... They... They, they weren't so um, within reach to somebody like me, either like super expensive for, or, you know, I don't know. I just, I mostly super expensive. They're yeah. very expensive and they're more geared towards people that want luxury, you know, luxurious treatment. Yeah. Private chefs, masseuse, spas, um, and, you know, I never even really looked into them before, in part because I didn't know they existed. And because I guess, I don't know, I don't really know why um, I hadn't thought of it before. But when I took that first trip to Arizona, just myself with some friends, and I thought it would be great if I could make something similar available to the people I know or, you know, the our customers and just tap, tap this market with this opportunity that I felt like it wasn't really being, um, for whatever reason, because it hadn't reached me. I assumed yeah. it wasn't reaching other people too. Yeah. And so that was really the genesis of it. And then I took a, I took a uh, class, a small business class where it was four months long and the whole goal of the class was by it's a Goldman Sachs class um the whole goal of it is to create a growth plan so you find an opportunity that is adding a new product or service to your business and make a plan to make it happen so I picked the training camps nice yes and so um so we had the training camp in Arizona and yeah, uh, it was really great. And then the last day we were riding on Mount Lemon, which is probably one of the most no- well-known rides in Tucson. And about two miles away from our car return, on this was on the return, um, you know, descending the mountain back home. I Something happened. I have no idea what, but apparently I went flying off my bike landed on my head and um I broke my collarbone I broke a bone in my skull and suffered a traumatic brain injury and that landed me 
I was helicoptered to the hospital. I was in the ICU and in a coma for five days. So it was a pretty serious injury, you know. Um, and then I was transferred after a week to a rehab unit and I was in the hospital for a month. Oh, Annie, I am just so sorry. I am so sorry that happened to you. I'm so thankful that you're here though too. I'm just, you went through so oh, much. That's a lot to go through. So you went through such a traumatic incident in the coma for five days while running a business and then you got transferred how was that stress of trying to understand what had happened to you understand what was even going on while trying to maintain the business how did you do that well to be honest um, the main effects of the traumatic brain injury didn't give me the capacity to even worry about it. I was not able to. Okay. So I didn't. Okay. I see. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, brain injuries have a long recovery window between six months and two years. Yeah. So when I was, you know, I came, I came back to Chicago in early April, I spent all of March in the hospital. I came in Tucson and then I came back to Chicago and I, I could, I basically, it was a really gradual process to start being back in the shop. You know, I started, I think the first time I was there was 10 minutes, say hello. I just, I'm not gonna go into like the details, sure. but I just didn't have the capacity. And, um, and then, you know, I think by midsummer, July or so, I was able to stay there for a couple hours before I had to leave. And then, yeah, by the fall, it just gradually got to the point where I could be there more. So, yeah. Part of the rehabilitation, and I assume, or I should not assume, are you still going through kind of like, um, post-traumatic brain injury rehabilitation? Yes. Okay. So I'm still in physical therapy. Um, that's, I mean, that's the main thing yeah. that I do involving a doctor. Yeah. I, and one year later, you're putting on another camp. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I, best 2019 recovery story without a doubt how do you feel about this I'm excited I mean you know it was not an easy decision to do it um back in the late summer early fall people were asking me are you gonna do another camp and when that first when the question first was brought to my brought to me my reaction was like, I can't even think about that right now. Yeah. The idea of even thinking about that is like not on the table. Um, and then again, gradually I was able to like kind of consider it. And through a, you know, course of events, I just realized like, I think I can. 
do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I it's be very different. My role, I'm not riding a bike. I can't ride a bike. Um, and so my role is going to be very different. But I have really, really great friends and staff. Like, you know, friend, they're my friends who are the staff of the camp. Yeah. And that, that, that gives me an immense amount of confidence that it will be okay. Not only because I know that they can run the camp great, but should I need to take a break? Yeah. You know, like I, I still not like I had a hundred percent. Yeah. And so just like my, my ability to run a camp might not be, a you know, I might, I'll need their help. You'll need their help. And they can help me. Yeah. So. And you've got great support. Where uh, is the camp this year? We're staying in Ojai, California. So we're riding, it's mostly rides around Ojai and Santa Barbara. When do you, uh, when does the camp start? Wednesday, this coming, sorry, February 27th. Okay, that is coming up. So you're going to be leaving uh, tomorrow. Yes, I, I leave tomorrow. I got to get ready, have a few things to do before the campers arrive. How many uh, campers do you have? Ten. Ten, nice. Yeah, so it's a good size group. Very good. I, I, I'm just, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of you. Uh, to... I, I wish you so much uh, of everything, like so much love and hug and lights uh, coming your way. And uh, for this camp to have one year later. Um, okay, so we've got the camp coming up on your five years. And then talk to me about the decision of behind the, um, it's called the Super Spring Crit? Yes. And that is, I believe. The spring Super Crit. Spring Super Crit, yeah. and that is April 7th, Yes, correct? Yes. Nice. Talk to me yeah. about this and how this came about and the decision uh, to host it this year. Well, BFF hasn't hosted a race yet, and mm -hmm. we know that's like part of the deal. If you're yeah. going to be a racing team, you're kind of expected to host a race at some point. And um, I mean, the timing of it, one could say like, really, yeah. now you're going to take on a race now. But um Actually, again, background information. Uh, when with this past year, it made there was a little bit of a, of a transition of the way that the team was run. So prior to this past year, Vanessa and I led the team, and we were very much the team leaders and handled basically everything. Teammates just had to show up, and the idea the goal of the team was to get it up and run and then basically let the teammates take over more of the actual running it yeah you know um and so <laughs> this past year had the opportunity to make that happen because yeah. I couldn't run it. Yeah. So if it didn't want to, you know, if the teammates didn't want it to fall apart, they had to step up and they did. Nice. And, um, one of them who's been really active with the ICA, um, brought this opportunity to me to host the super crit. And I thought if you, you know, if like if the team wants to do it, then sure. Yeah. You know, like I'm all for it. Yeah. I will do what I need to do. And, um, you know, you guys can 
really it's in your hands. Yeah. So that that was the decision. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And how does that uh, how does that seem to be kind of panning out so far? Pretty good. I mean, yeah. you know, well, it's relatively early. We've secured the 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 venue and logistically it's you know happening so it seems to be working pretty well it's you know I think there are some teammates who joined the team liking the fact that all they had to do was show up and race yeah and be a good ambassador um but I think those teammates having higher expectations of actually being involved in making things happen mm -hmm. is maybe they didn't want to, they didn't sign up for that. Okay. And so I, I mean, I don't know. I, I actually, I say that and I'm like, well, I think everybody's happy to help. It's yeah. just different levels, which makes sense, you know, and also depends on like how much time you have and what other commitments you have. Cause it takes a lot to run a team. But I'm, I'm lucky that a few people have the same level of passion I have, and they will do whatever it takes. Mm. That's Those people that kind of, like, have that passion and that are beside you, um, it's, it's definitely a blessing, you know? Yes. It really, it really is, it's humbling, you know, when you have those people kind of just there for you and um bff and so i have been like you know of course i follow bff on instagram and you know the facebook and um i love your um activity that you have with your rides like as far as the beer to bikes yeah <laughs> i think it's great and then you have uh sunday in the summer i think it's sunday mornings the the rides and um, just your community clinics that you'll have. And um, I can tell you when I am at races and the BFF, those who are in the BFF kits are, I believe, definite ambassadors. They're always very nice, very welcoming, very helpful. It's not, oh, you're not on this kind of team. There is no kind of like little mini groups or segregation. They're definitely um, welcoming. So you've definitely done some beautiful, beautiful things. And I hope that you're proud of that and you recognize that. Um, what do you think maybe you see in the next like year or two? Is there some sort of huge grand kind of thing you're thinking about or maybe just kind of seeing how it goes there's not a huge grand <laughs> thing which i'm okay with i actually yeah. i think yeah i mean just the idea i yeah i don't i don't even have a good answer for that sorry no <laughs> no and that's okay i mean i think that there's enough going on right now yes speaking of going on right now I am sorry to hear, how many times have you been broken into with this whole, was it, has it been two or three? Three. Oh well, my gosh. Well, three times, sorry, three, two successful times, three times, like, they came and broke the door, but they didn't, they were not successful the second time, so only twice they actually got in. Okay. 
because the police came one time and there was a chase. There was a chase. An yeah. chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my neighbor's dog started barking and she woke up and heard and called the police. They came and they chased him. He hopped a fence. The police told me he was very fit because he hopped an eight-foot fence. And that was the end of that. He got away. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was there a getaway car? I don't know that. You don't they know. just saw him hop the fence. Do you think that might be the same? I don't know. There just seems to be right now this huge, like, uh, coincidence, this unfortunate where all of the uh, bike shops are getting broken into. Do you think that that might have, it might be the same? Oh, for sure. No, for they're sure. linked, like, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Did the officers, do you still continue to talk to them? Do they, because things I'm reading, I'm hearing that they're like, they're not sure if anything is connected. Do you, and if you feel that they're connected, I feel from what I'm reading, it's definitely connected. And I just hope that the owners of all the bicycle shops are getting um, support. Do you feel that there was some support there? From the police? Yeah. No. Oh, and my I, gosh. Yeah. I, uh, um, I mean... In all fairness, I have not done, like, I could do more to get support. I, the a detective came and introduced himself, came to BFF, gave me his car, told me to email him if, you know, anything comes up. I've emailed him twice and both times I didn't get a response. So, you know, I could go to the police station and I also emailed, like, the general CAPS office. No response. But, I mean, yeah, I could do more. Like, I could physically go and try to talk to somebody, and I have yet to do that. So, I'm not, you know. you've done quite a lot by, you know, emailing the detective, emailing the police officers. And it is, as an outsider, it is frustrating, you know, because I am, you know, an independent contractor. I know, you know, running your own business and these beautiful every bike shop owner does not deserve this random one twice three times and I just makes me upset to hear that you know there isn't kind of a little more support out there um it's it's making bike shops talk to each other more like mm. we're sharing information and there's definitely more organization between us but um you know i don't know there's only so much we can do yeah making sure all the bikes are reported and to you know the bike index has been huge um but yeah there's not a whole lot we can do no no because it's it's, i I wish that we you guys could put like a tracker (laughs) on each bike so that you know because i don't want it to happen again yeah to anyone but you know if you know, it's, that's just frustrating. Um, wow. So one of the reasons, like I had mentioned that I wanted to sit down and just kind of chat with you is, um, just to kind of, I've known you for a really long time, but you know, to maybe actually get to know you a, a little more and to reach out personally and be like, from where I've been on the sidelines, kind of looking in onto everything that you've done putting yourself out there, growing, learning on the fly, putting on shops and rides and clinics and hosting events, the racing team, 
and just um, everything that you've done in the community, you know, especially from a female standpoint, um, it's just so amazing. So I just kind of my way of thanking you. Oh, thank you. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, letting you know that it's, I'm just super impressed by everything that you're doing. And um, so, yeah. Well, thanks. I think, you know, it's funny because sometimes when I tell people this, the story because it happens on occasion it makes me realize like it's, it was all kind of selfish basically I wanted something for my for me I want a shop I wanted I wanted you know I wanted a cycling camp I wanted and it's very self-serving so but I do a lot of work to make it happen so yeah it's just kind of funny because um that was really the motivation was to do things I wanted, but I'm glad that other people want them too and I can make it available. Nice. Well, they do say that the great entrepreneurs um, are successful because it all started from, it was something that they um, needed in their life and they found value in it. So I think others will find value as well. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to kind of say to anyone who might be listening about the upcoming camp or um, about your shop or about the uh, April 7th? Uh, not one thing specifically. I, you know, other than if you're at all interested in any of that, please feel free to stop in, send me an email. I'm Annie at bffbikes.com. Um, I didn't mention, we didn't mention Kelly. I feel like she's a pretty big part Kelly. of the shop. Let's mention Kelly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Kelly started working at BFF two years ago. And, um, when I was out of capacity, you know, when I was not able to work this past year, um, the only reason I mean, I should, I don't, a big reason why the shop got through it is because Kelly, mm. um, she really stepped up and was able to take over steering the ship, which was pretty amazing. And, um, because of that, it, you know, became clear to me that she's an integral part of the shop and, I needed help still, you yeah. know, and um, having the shop just be my responsibility. Yeah, I just, anyway, I, did, I didn't want to lose Kelly and I knew that she was so important and she was, she really, really cares about the shop, yeah. you know? Um, and she's added so much. It's like hard to even say how much she adds to the shop. And so anyway, um, this past fall, I asked her if she wanted to be a partner. And so yeah. now she's co-owner with me. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love that story. And uh, she is a very, very great woman indeed. I've ridden with her uh, quite a few times and uh, a, great, a great leader. Yes. So I'm happy that you have her and that you guys are doing this together. Will she remain here while you go to camp? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This Good. time. We'll see what, you know, hopefully the camp like continues to grow. Yeah. And, um, you know, 
we will have many more and she can go on them too. I think you're going to have many more camps. I think that, and I like what you said because sometimes there are so many camps out there that are wonderful. And when everyone is in a different financial bracket, and sometimes you just want to go and ride your bike with friends or make new friends. And sometimes you don't need all of the extras that kind of bump up, you know, the right. price. No, right. I mean, yeah, I had no interest in like a personal chef. I just yeah. want to ride my bike. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You just want to ride your bike and you want to do it with people that you feel comfortable with. And um, what a neat idea. Also, at your camps, are they female only? Yes. Okay. And or identifies as uh, female. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. I would like to go to that kind of camp, to be honest with you. You know, um, not that I have anything against gentlemen. <laughs> it adds in a different dynamic. It for adds, sure. it, de- it definitely does add a different dynamic. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's really, that's a whole other podcast perhaps <laughs> when it's like sometimes, you know, to, uh, ride with our gentleman friends. Okay. Well, yay to you. Congrats to you. Congratulations to Kelly. Um, I look forward to watching you guys, uh, blossom even more into 2019. And I look forward, uh, to, uh, the April 7th, um, criterium. Well, thank you. Are you going to race it? I signed up. All right. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you guys for listening and thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Jen.